Hello, welcome to the Intellectual Agrarian Podcast, where we grow smarter, learning from the stories and skills, ideas and insights of farmers and agrarians from around the world. Our guest today is Janelle Mayako, CEO of Barn to Door, an e-commerce business empowering and supporting farmers to build their brands and sell their products. With 20 years in the technology and food business, Janelle applies modern technology to address a perennial problem. Together, we'll be discussing how Barn to Door works, the opportunities for board, the opportunities for doorstep delivery in the midst of the coronavirus, trends in consumer purchasing, and much more. You won't want to miss out on today's episode with Janelle Mayako. Janelle Miyako, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Starting off, would you mind sharing a brief biographical sketch with the audience? Oh, sure enough. I'm actually the CEO of Barn to Door. Barn to Door has been around for over five years. And uh, my history, my grandfather actually had a dairy and chicken farm growing up. So I literally, you know, grew up standing between dairy cows <laughs> and, and, you know, picking. We used to pick berries every summer. That used to be our jobs when we were young. You know, they'd bus us in and have of us course. pick berries. So lots of, yeah, it used to be the normal thing, right? So lots of history with agriculture and, and in a, really a very strong dairy community. Um, and then growing up, I worked a ton in restaurants, front and back of house. And then my adult career ended up being in business and technology and marketing, um, often working for food food and food technology companies. But it always circled back to um, just my passion for agriculture and food. I actually later in life got a culinary degree as well, so I'm a trained chef. But oh, wow. mostly, most, yeah, fun, right? Um, but but that was, you know, that was just um, sort of on the side. I tucked that in. Really, my whole um, adult career, like I said, has been all about um, just uh, business and technology and food and sort of that meeting place where that meets with um, agriculture. Mm-hmm. And I really do want to dig into that more. But before we kind of get into that meat and bones, I have to ask, what made you decide to get the culinary degree? Oh, I'm kind of a sucker for schooling um, when it comes to things that I'm very curious about. Um, and so I, and I just wanted to, you know, when you open the fridge, know what to do. It was never, it was never to own restaurants. It was really just more um, getting more intimate with food um, and the science behind it and how it worked and, and just feeling adept. And it really is partly what led into, you know, all of my, uh, intention around trying to bring something like barn to door to farmers um, because it, it sort of re-upped my passion for local food and where the food came from and the quality of the food. Right. And, and in this, in this particular country, it's, it's harder and harder to find quality food and you really just need to go back to the source and back to the farmers. And I, so really that became a segue because that was over a dozen years ago, became the segue for me saying, wait a minute, if I'm having a hard time sourcing direct from farmers and everybody else wants local food, we need to fix this. Mm-hmm. They always say that the best solutions come from having the problems and actually fixing <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. And, I remember, I think we met at an Acres conference back a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. And yeah. I remember just being struck then when I just saw what Barn to Door was going, this is such a great idea. I can't believe people haven't done this. Could you please <laughs> explain to me and the audience, what is Barn to Door and how did it start? Yeah, I um, appreciate that. I Hopefully, you know, the best ideas in the end are obvious, but this is, you know, a hard thing to build, but think something that really needed to be done. Because like I said, even though it it was spurred from my interest in sourcing um, really fantastic food right from farmers, it opened up sort of that big can of worms of, wow, we need, we need to fix this. We need it to be so convenient to buy from farmers everywhere. And everybody needs to be doing it mm-hmm. in order for us to sort of, to, to really ultimately change the game from the food system standpoint, right? If, if everybody wants to buy from them and it's hard to do and it's not mm-hmm. happening, then there's a problem. Um, and so that was a little bit of where it was born out of. Um, so your question was, um, you're going to have to remind me again, Terrence. That's okay. It was, what is Barn to Door and how did it start? Mm. So um, so I think we touched a little bit on the passion and where it came from. Really, because I was in technology, sort of behind all of all of those passions, it became obvious. Like, we're in a day and age where we have the Airbnb and the Uber, and there's online uh, mm-hmm. where supply and demand can readily find each other, and where technology actually can be a very powerful, good thing. And so it became, when I landed upon the, you know, the the notion that it was like, wow, I really want to be able to source easily from these farmers versus trying to figure out where they live, where they are, what they have um, manually offline, which is just a, a whole lot of digging and, and yes. it's not convenient. You know, 
I knew that if we could change that game and it was just, just became such an important thing to be able to do. Not, not just, I mean, sure. I was an example, but it was obvious that the farmers needed the channels to market and that people really did want to buy um, in Washington state alone. There's, you know, 40,000 farmers and people all want, you know, 90% plus want to buy local food direct. And yet there's no way for them to know who those farmers are, buy easily, et cetera. And so it just became that passion project. So I would say barn to door, Sometimes we say we're like a Shopify for for um, farmers. Um, so we basically are an e-commerce platform or a ba- an online platform for farmers to manage to manage their business. Um, and so what that means is farmers get online, and we power. We power the farmers' stores and ordering. We help them manage all of their logistics and marketing and sales and ordering across every single channel online. So it's like a Shopify on fire for farmers. Because, you know, like Shopify and there's a number of other, you know, industries out there or e-commerce opportunities out there that are very generic, Mm -hmm. um, like that you can sign up for and you can throw stuff in a store and sell it. So our business has been about, and I've been in this space for 10 plus years, even though Barn to Door has only been around for five, thinking about farmers when it comes to a selling experience online. And so when we're building technology, it's very specific to what farmers needs. So, you know, if they're using a generic solution, they're going to have to do a lot of workarounds. Whereas if they're using um, barn to door, there's a lot of software and tools built specifically for farmers to be successful with online sales. And that can be, you know, we'll, we can get into that, but that can be anything from, hey, I need to take a deposit for a quarter cow or CS- or I need CSA subscriptions or I need different prices for wholesale versus retail or I do, you know, I need order cutoffs for local delivery to, you know, for home delivery, or maybe I have drop sites, et cetera. So there's a lot of nuances uh, that we all Mm -hmm. know um, that farmers have when they're trying to sell um, a variety of products uh, or different, you know, categories from dairy to to proteins, to produce, to flowers, to, you know, to honey and to a variety of customers. And so our goal is to build a, a platform that enabled them to do that easily, very turnkey and have it be managed in one place because mm-hmm. ultimately that saves them time as well. So it makes them look good online because we help it. We're kind of under the hood. So we power the farmers because we want the farmers to connect directly with their own customers. Um, so we look at the farmers as our customers and then we want them to have their brand, have their website online, which we can build for farmers as well if they don't have one. And then we power that store and then we make sure their store is hooked up across Facebook um, email, newsletters, Instagram, um, and mobile. So we make sure that they, that their brand is well represented and consistent across all of those channels. And by brand, I also mean, I also mean ordering, right? So one click to shop off of Facebook or one click to shop out of a newsletter. Um, and the reason that's important today is look at today's buyers. Um, mm-hmm. And this is this is the power and the passion that we have behind this technology is that we can help make it really convenient for people to buy from those farmers, and technology can help them get there. Right, the the game is changing in terms of buyer expectation, and that's 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 what we're here to do is make sure that farmers can be in front of their buyers, um, which is online. So those buyers are online six hours plus a day, and now even more because we're all locked in our homes. <laughs> um, so, you know, buyers are online shopping, um, and they already were, and now they are even more. Um, and so it's so critical for farmers to to be in their pathway of purchase, if you know what I mean, right? If they're going to mm-hmm. be online ordering from grocery stores, I would way rather that they are online buying directly from their local farmers and, and making that their buying habit. So we have a real real big opportunity here to make that happen. And, you know, that's, that's what Barn to Door is all about is to make it easy for those farmers to capture all those sales, be in the pathway of all of their buyers, whether those buyers are coming out of Facebook or emails or newsletters or through their website, um, because buyers will come from all of those different channels. It's not just about a website. It's actually, you know, the access to those farmers across all of the online digital channels. And so we just, we make sure they're all um, hooked up across all those channels so that it's super simple um, from an ordering and, and ordering from those farms regularly. And that's one of the things that I think is so fantastic about this platform is that it really does fit. It uses new technology to address a perennial problem for farmers, which is marketing. I love farmers dearly. There are a lot of episodes we do that involve marketing because it tends Mm. to be a weakness that a lot of farmers have. And this is just another great way for people to be able to connect with their customers and fulfill the needs of the new market. Because I love farmers markets dearly. The farmers market bubble burst. I'm sorry. Yeah. Perhaps I'm not the first to say it, but I will reiterate it over and over. 
it's not yeah. the perfect solution. And so yeah. most, I mean, when we had, when Amazon bought Whole Foods, that should have been a red flag, like across mm. the entire local food spectrum that tastes have changed. How mm-hmm. people buy have changed. Mm-hmm. We have to address the current needs of what customers are looking for. And the program you guys have here, the platform that allows you to attach all of these different platforms, leverage social media, buyer mm-hmm. uh, members lists, and all that fun stuff, it's fantastic. And correct me if mm-hmm. I'm wrong, but being able to tie into all of those different things like Instagram, Facebook, and email marketing, that actually also increases the farm's overall web visibility too, doesn't it? Oh, 100%. We we often um, and and I appreciate I hate I hate to agree with your sentiment on farmers market but I but I do even before the pandemic uh, only one percent of people actually attended farmers markets mm-hmm. and what's interesting is ninety percent of people actually wanted local food and so when I look at that from you know years ago when I was starting Barnsador it was like there's a, I mean right there is an eighty nine percent chasm yeah. with regard to people wanting to buy from the farmers but not making the effort to go to the market and uh, less than one percent of farmers are at the market and they still need to move all of their product. And mm-hmm. we have the power today, and, and you're hitting the nail on the head. I mean, we have the power today with technology um, to make sure that we're that farmers are the ones that are in the pathway of those buyers who expect and want convenience. Again, my goal is for when all those people are online, are, they're not buying from the big box grocers, but they're actually buying from their farmers. Um, and so anything we can do to get all of, as many farmers as possible in their pathway um, with these all of these new channels and, and roads to market, This is these are the sales channels for markets. To your point, um, farmers markets, one that is struggling. That's a channel, um, and and yet online channels uh, through social, through email, through website are 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 the new channels. Quite frankly, and and what I love to talk about is. Um, you know, old school was, hey, word of mouth, like tell mm-hmm. your neighbor, you know, I grew up, we had a quarter cow in our freezer and, you know, in the garage, that was normal. Yeah. Um, and we can make, and we can make that normal again. And I'm so excited about that. Um, and word of mouth is, it used to be just like, you know, you'd, you'd be beholden to somebody, some neighbor telling another neighbor, well, today word of mouth online through, through mm-hmm. social sharing is, is share, 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 like, 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 you know, forward the email to my friend. And that's within local communities. It's, so people, you know, that's what we talked to. I actually had a, a Moses conference gave a talk on accessing local customers. And it's, you can access, you can target local customers so easily online, um, mm-hmm. you know, by tagging them, by liking them, by, by sharing. And that word of mouth for farmers online can be like rapid fire. It's fantastic. You get your customers sharing with their, literally with their neighbors. Um, and so we can get into sort of some of those, uh, you know, logistical pieces. But, but yeah, I think being on every channel to your point is just critical and it ups their brand cachet and their up and their brand presence um, while also just driving customer loyalty. Um, and we, we help automate a lot of that marketing for farmers. A lot of times people are like, we need help with marketing as well. The first thing you have to do is you actually have to build your brand mm-hmm. before you start marketing because people have to know what to, you know, it's like, they what need are you to know marketing? who you are. <laughs> Yeah, they have to know who you are. And so like marketing 101 does is like, let's get to your brand. Like we'll build your beautiful website. We'll make it very simple to navigate. We'll put in all the SEO best practices. We'll help, you know, we'll have the call to action buttons to order from your farm. And then we'll make sure that it's all hooked up, same thing. And it have that, has that, you know, the same brand experience on Facebook. We, we actually integrate with MailChimp as well. I know a lot of farmers use MailChimp and it's free, right? Up to 2000 mm-hmm. emails. And so we then, we build them their first template. So they have that and we help put in the different buttons for, you know, order now and, and various things. So now that now their stories out there, their brand is everywhere. And now you're ready to start marketing really, right? It's, and now you now when you email, they have a place to go and buy. And so we, we often have, we, we kick around a quote here frequently that says, regular marketing to regular customers equals regular sales. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the online brands everywhere else in other industries know that, right? They send, uh, they send weekly order reminders, which we have, we have automated order reminders. We do the same thing for farmers. So we, we build in a lot of automated marketing for farmers. And then they also, along with our, you know, when people subscribe to us, a lot of people don't realize you actually get a point person at Barnes Door that actually helps you get set up and then is kind of your coach um, and helps, you know, give you tips specific to your farm and checks your Facebook with you <laughs> to make sure that the farmers are like really reaching out because because their customers are responding. Mm-hmm. Um, and because and people are online, and guess what? They know how to shop online. 
Absolutely. You're not having to retrain people. Having to train someone how to buy a CSA box and then meet you in a secluded alley, very likely, (laughs) I would hope, most of your customers aren't trained in how to do backroom deals. So you're being able to just hijack the fact that they already know how to buy online. They're familiar. They're comfortable with that process is the best way to go about it. And actually, I do want to dig into your Moses conference session a little bit, if you don't Uh mind. I unfortunately wasn't able to make it to that session. I had a conflict at that point, and I was kind of kicking myself because I really wanted to be there. But (laughs) could you tell me a little bit about how that meeting went? And if you don't mind my asking, just kind of the demographic of farmers that you had in the room. Yeah, I will say they actually made they actually made the audible version audio version of it free on their website. Um, and they did the session. So they recorded it and they also have and then at barnsdoor.com backslash Moses, um, there's actually a link to download both the slides Ooh. and the audio in case it helps anybody. Um, and so that, you know, again, it's barnsdoor.com backslash Moses. And we'll and so link they can to that download... in the show notes too. Yeah. And they can, and, and if it's helpful. And um, so, yes, I mean, the, the room was full of people, um, you know, trying to understand how to access. And so we talked a lot about, um, in fact, I think I even have the slides I can peek at them. We talked a lot about um, the, the consumer today, um, and how they really do want to buy direct, and they love that transparency. I mean, especially now with the with the coronavirus, right? People mm-hmm. are like, "Where?" I had somebody say to me, "Hey, I mean, I mean this in the nicest way, naively. Well, can't shouldn't I trust the big box grocer?" And you know, I think my jaw drops. I'm like, "No, I mean, go mm-hmm. buy direct from the farmer. You're, the farmer is literally directly handing you the food. I can't think of a safer route." Um, to buy food for your family than buying direct from a local farmer, knowing exactly how um, careful they were about harvesting that and putting it in a box, you know, very carefully and giving it directly to you versus when you're hitting the big box, it's, you know, touching, you know, it's been inside Mm -hmm. trucks, inside warehouses, different people have passed it from one person to the other, and then they get it on the shelves and, you know, who knows how many touches that is and you don't even know where it comes from, right? And so today's, today's conscious consumer really does want to buy direct. They want to support you know, the local farmer. Um, And so a lot of what we talked about there was, um, first of all, the online presence. We dug into that, um, which was you have to be on web, you have to be on web, mobile, social, email, um, and website. Um, Because actually 65%, um, what we see, and this is the fun too of having been in this space so long and actually seeing all the trends, because we work exclusively for farmers, right? So we Mm -hmm. actually see how buyers buy. Yeah, and we see we see how we, we so we can literally turn around to the other farmers and say, "Hey, this is what's working, and this is what's not working." And so we have all this great trends and data that we can then turn around to all the new farmers come on and sort of share best practices um, around what's working. And so we really dug into that in that particular uh, session. So we first we dug into you know how people are buying, which is all channels. Sixty five percent of orders originate on mobile mm-hmm. um, and through social, um, and actually. 35, less than 35% are coming through, originating through a website um, and also through the email newsletter. So all of the channels are important if you want to capture all of the sales. And that's kind of what we discussed was if you want to maximize your sales to all the shop or to all of your customers and sort of meet them where they're, where they're at and where they prefer to engage your farm, you got You just need to be on all channels, number one. Um, number two was you, you have to take credit cards. Um, you're, yes. you're literally, if you're not taking credit card, you're missing out on over 50% of sales and actually frequently up to 80% of sales. And that's because people don't own checkbooks anymore. Mm. We, you do, you do a hand check of anybody, you know, less than 45 years old. And, you know, it's usually like 2% of people who are like, yeah, I'm in a checkbook, but I don't know where it is. <laughs> and then you start to roll in convenience, which is, I don't want to go dig around for a checkbook or open a bank account or, or take out cash just to buy from a farmer. And so there's all these barriers, mm-hmm. um, that need to go away. Cause you want to reduce friction, um, for all Absolutely. of your buyers. And so take credit cards. Right, just you, you got you got to do the thing, um, and so there was a lot of statistics in that presentation around the decline of checks, the decline of people owning checkbooks. That that is actually inconvenient, and a lot of people don't realize is actually the least secure um, way to to mm-hmm. um, from a payment standpoint. I, it sounds like you you're aware of that. Uh, I've studied uh, con artists a little bit here and there, and so yes, mm-hmm. I actually know a little bit more about the topic than I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. So, 
So we definitely dug into that, and then we and then we um, dug into the trends of the consumer today and and how they sh- how are they shopping. And one of them was Amazon. We talked about you know today there's just again great statistics around. Everybody expects things on their doorstep. Mm-hmm. In fact, we have a webinar, uh, and I can give you I can get you the link. But we have a webinar um, this this Thursday, I believe it is, um, or it could be next week. I'll double check about one of our farmers who started door-to-door delivery, I'm not kidding, just a few weeks ago, and is actually making money not only on all the food, but on the deliveries themselves because they charge a bit for delivery. And by oh. the time you add up the the hours and the and the gas and everything else, they're actually paying a high school student to do deliveries and they're making money while delivering. That's fantastic. It is. But so what, what, so not only are they, and they're bringing convenience to the, all of their customers who are just eating it up, Mm -hmm. uh, like literally, right? Literally. Um, And so, yeah, literally. So you're building this habit of people who are like, no, I want door to door. I like click a button for Amazon and it shows up magically is, is Mm -hmm. our new, is the new buyer. So we talk a lot about that. Um, Our, our particular software really does help to, um, if people just choose a, you know, one zip code to focus on, you can really focus on that zip code, uh, word of mouth spreading in that zip code, you know, offline, online, digitally, having your customers tell their neighbors, and they can really build up a delivery, you know, just even one zip code at a time to maximize their time and, and really start to make money off of that. So super powerful. Um, I think it's here to stay, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, and then uh, people are very used to, uh, you know, I think the other example we gave was Starbucks. People would pre-order their coffee, show up and grab mm-hmm. and go, um, which is kind of a fantastic synonymous with the coronavirus. A lot of our farmers are doing that grab and go model of pickup. It's either on-farm pickup, but they frequently also pick up sites in people's communities um, in in particular because people, sometimes farmers are a little further out. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they have an in-community drop site or meetup location, that actually can, again, really bring the convenience to those customers and it will increase sales um, if you're offering um, pickup zones in within communities. I know a lot of farmers who work with CrossFit gyms and coffee shops and community centers to to be able to have a, a site for the consumers to just go swing through and pick up. And with the coronavirus, they can, you know, label things and kind of spread out how people pick that up or, or um, stagger the people through, which has been really, we've just seen a lot of wins with that um, being really, really effective. Um, and the other thing that we talked a lot about in the talk was subscriptions. So people, you know, Netflix, mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't have, especially now we're, we're really, really overdoing it. I'm sure on Netflix, but people are used to, to subscriptions now. Um, there's all kinds of subscriptions online, whether it's Spotify for music or Netflix for movies or Amazon. Now, you know, I think I get shampoo delivered, you know, and, and toilet paper, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, delivered. So you, you sign up for subscriptions because people literally, literally just want to click once instead of clicking once a month. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's that, it's that convenience driven. And so what's awesome about subscription, and we've also built that into the platform for farmers um, and see a lot of bundle boxes going through, um, and a lot of subscriptions is that people love that. They love the consistency of knowing it's just going to show up. I get my eggs every week, you know, and I don't have to even think about it. And that just feels good to those buyers. And it's, it's consistent sales for those farmers too. And so it, it's, uh, I think, I think a lot of people know about, I, we, what we find is when we, um, a lot less consumers actually know what the word CSA means. A yes. lot of them do, and I and I don't want to ba- I don't want to uh-huh. say negative things because CSAs are great. Um, and you've probably had way more conversations about this just out in the wild. But what we're finding is people subscribe. Um, we talk a lot to CSA farmers about just subscriptions in general, and having the cart be the new box. Mm-hmm. So I would rather you know subscribe to greens every week and to carrots every week or and to eggs every week and once a month to to, um, you know, two or three whole chickens. Um, it, so I'm kind of all a cart choosing my box, but I'm actually subscribing per item. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the cart is the box. And now I just subscribe to the things I want. Um, or when the berries are there, I'll just subscribe for the next three weeks. Um, and so there's, there's some power in removing the limitation of a, a $50 box yeah. and letting people just uh, subscribe to everything they need and then add on things week, week over week over week that are interesting to them over and above their subscriptions, if that makes sense. So the, it makes perfect sense. And actually, I want to ask you a little bit more about the subscription boxes. Yeah. When you are talking to a farmer about using a subscription instead of using, say, the older CSA model or the Buyers Club model, what are some of the Mm -hmm. resistance points you see that farmers have in transitioning to the more efficient model? 
I, I would say that a, if they have a, a big group of customers who are used to uh, a limited, I mean, you don't, in any other commerce online, there's no, like Amazon will never say, don't, don't spend more than $50 this week. <laughs> like, please only spend $30 this week. What they do want, though, is they want you to spend 30 They want you to click a button and spend $30 every week, but then add on and mm-hmm. shop regularly and consistently. Um, so our goal is increasing, right? And I think... There's some, there's like the $30 this week and I'm going to choose what it is. If you just remove the $30 limit and you say choose every week, that's just online shopping, mm-hmm. right? So week over week and you set up order reminders and people, were, you know, order week over week. And I think there's fear of, are they going to buy week over week if I, if I, do, if they don't, if I don't do the CSA and the, the reality is that people are. So people are creatures of habit if they're loyal to your firm and you're sending, but you do have to send the weekly order reminder mm-hmm. um, because people, as much as they love their farmers or shopping or, you know, any brand, unless you remind them and put that at the top of their email, they're going to forget. But if they see it, they're going to buy um, and they're going to buy all a cart exactly what they need every single week, which is essentially what Choice CSA is. It's shopping every week. Only there's a 30 or there's this, you know, ceiling of what they're, that they should or shouldn't spend, right? And so really what it is is consistency. So the way to, the way we like to think about layering in the consistent sales is add some subscription items, individual items for people. So they are on the hook every single week and you're getting those, you know, sales every single week automatically. It's charging them every week for all the items that they, you know, would, would like to see on their doorstep every week. And then they're getting these order reminders and you can, Hey, here's a promo or, Hey, this week we have added berries in, or, Hey, there's an extra amount of X. And so you just, you, there's just add-ons. It's, it becomes a world of add-ons is, is the way to look at it. Right. Because, but really what it is, is it's just shopping. It's shopping every week without any limits. If if farmers do still want to provide a quote-unquote bundle, so here's the fun part is you can actually mix these mental models, um, is what we tell farmers is, look, give your consumers actually, they love choice, but they also really don't like choice. So <laughs> it's true. I mean, so, so hear me out on this one. So on the one hand, I want to choose what goes into my cart every week. That's just normal shopping online anywhere, right? I'm just going to choose. I'm, you know, I want eggs. I want milk. I'm low on eggs. You know, I, I need some more greens. I know I'm having a dinner party, so I'm going to get even more, you know, uh, you know, carrot. well, not right now, but <laughs> carrots and celery and everything else. So I'm going to load up on certain things this week, which is awesome. Um, but I also just want to click a button and know that every single week I'm getting my assorted meat box or I'm getting my assort, assortment of sort of standard greens and vegetables. And I don't want to think about that. I just want to click for the assorted box. And so, and so there's this, if you're going to do a box, have it be an assortment provided by the, by the farmer that really is about what the farmer needs to move and what's growing and what they need to harvest and what meat cuts need to be in that mix in order for the for it to make sense for the farmer's business, right? Because not everybody's going to do chicken breast, mix it in. And so have those assortments be the farmer's, you know, the farmer's box to move um, a, a combination of products because all day long I, I'll be the lazy buyer and just click on the small bundle box every week of vegetables. I'm like, yay. I support the farmer the way it was meant. I'm going to get a mix of whatever's in season done. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with once a month for meat. I will all day long just click and be like, hey, great, give me an assortment. If it's a little bit different every time, I don't care. I just know that I'm supporting the farmer and it's going to be interesting like I'm opening up a Christmas box. Now, if I happen to be the consumer who... Um, doesn't want the box, then just let me choose every single week and send me an order reminder. Or I, I have my bundle box coming and that's awesome, but I'm still going to buy more every single week, right? Of more of what I, you know, that's when the choice comes in is, is the boxes, have it just be an assorted, like give me the, whatever the box is going to be. And then have the choice be come to my store and fill your cart with whatever you want every single week. Um, and, or subscribe to a couple of items if you want. So you're, you're layering in a different way of thinking and removing the word CSA. Mm-hmm. And yet the farmers completely supported if they're selling weekly boxes of assorted vegetables or assorted mixed meats um, and, and having add-ons 
uh, and people subscribing to specific items week over week over week. So it actually, they're, they're, the support is there and the consistency of sales is there for the farmer, but you remove the limitation of 30 or $50 a week um, and you give them the option of, I'm either going to choose the box with whatever the farmer wants to put in, or I'm going to choose what I want and subscribe on a regular basis, or I'm just going to load up my cart every week with whatever I want, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, outside of, outside of that, we also do have store credits. If, you know, that's a nice transition to I really I really want to feel like they're drawing down on something versus just adding to their cart whatever they want every week with unlimited, you know, check size, you know, and not limited to 30 or $50. But if they really want to draw down model, we do have store credits. And they can, you know, if somebody buys $500 of store credits, they can, they can use store credits to check out every week. What I like is it sounds like you guys have built in a system where because we all have different kinds of buyers that they all yeah. want something in a different way. They enjoy spending money in a certain way. And what you've done is you've made mm. it possible to reach each one of those types of customers, whether they're people that want a drawdown like with credits or with a subscription model or just plain picking everything yeah. themselves. And I have to yeah. say, one of the things I think is brilliant is you talked about sending out the email order reminders. That works mm-hmm. so well because – so like. I'm a Dollar Shave Club guy. Every time my oh, razors hi. come in, That's great. <laughs> I get an email before the box ships saying, hey, your box is about to ship. Is there anything else you need? And that's my go. You know, yeah. I could really use some shave lotion too. I'm running low on yeah. that. Well, let's add that in. Oh, I'm out of shampoo. Sure, click that button. It's perfect. And it works mm-hmm. so well because that's the way our buying habits are. Yeah. I am the person that farmers are trying to market to. You are the person yes. that people try marketing to. <laughs> so work with the way we buy things. Yeah. I love that example, the Dollar Shave Club. And don't you love them? Like, you're so loyal to oh, them. Absolutely. They're thinking, of, like, you get you get the thing every week, and then they're reminding you, uh, oh, maybe they're thinking about me with this order reminder to prompt me in, in case I need something else. I mean, you're you're building that customer loyalty to their brand, and that's, you know, that's the hope. That's why we try to be under the hood, which is, this is all about the farmer connecting with their customers, and we are just trying to power them to reach customers like you mm-hmm. in a really effective, efficient way, and just delight their customers and build up you get that loyalty in place and they're not, you know, they're going to buy every week. Absolutely. And especially when, I mean, I brag about the razors I use. Of course, I brag about the farms that I'll buy from because <laughs> I care about them. And I think it's so awesome yeah. that that we have the technology today. We have the technology. We can do it. We have the technology yeah. that we can help just reinforce these relationships. And actually, one of the things I want to kind of segue our conversation to is talking a little mm-hmm. bit about what farmers are doing, what you're seeing farmers do in the midst of COVID right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I started to touch. It's funny you just said that about you love, you want to share about the farmers that you're buying from. I mean, it's a little juicier than sharing that you just bought more razors. Let's be honest. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> I mean, people love to talk about their food. And I was on a phone yesterday with one of the farmer's customers because we often we offer support to them as well to make sure that they are successfully buying from those farmers. And they were saying how they just, they got, they, this was the first time they had bought from their farmer directly online and they were just gushing and they were like, it was so much better than this tort. And we're like, yeah, of course it is, <laughs> you know, but they just want to share. And so we actually just like three days ago added the ability to share on Facebook right after somebody places a purchase. Oh, so all of so their great. buyers, all of their buyers can share like in a snap of a finger. Like I just bought this from a farmer and guess what? Those buyers are right in that community. Right. And so our goal is for that community to start buying from whatever farmers are serving that community. And now they can just share in one click too. So that's, we're really excited about that. So, so you wanted to talk, go ahead. Yeah, yes. If we about the talk about what about, you're seeing farmers do in the midst of COVID-19 right now, yeah. you guys published an article that kind of discussed three tactics farmers are using and can yeah. use. And we've touched a little bit on each one of those, but I hope you don't mind if you can tell me a little bit. I think you said that the farmer that, you guys are having a webinar with, he started yeah. doing delivery in the midst of this. Yeah. It's interesting. We have a lot of farmers come to us thinking, I need to do shipping because that seems like what the normal buyer expects, but really what it is is door to door, right? Mm-hmm. They, you know, 
people who want door to door. And shipping is actually really expensive for individual Very. farmers. And we have a couple, we have blog posts on this. Um, I mean, blo- all the blogs are free. It talks about what's working and not working for farmers. So, I mean, it, people can subscribe easily to that as well. I highly recommend it because right now we're doing a lot of spotlights on farmers who are shifting their channels very quickly uh, because of the coronavirus. And so I think the last eight blog posts are people who are instrumenting quickly door to door, who are doing grab and go pickups, who, who, who's wholesale, like we have one flower farmer who's wholesale, you know, 50% of their, their um, business was wholesale. And so they whipped around overnight and, and literally are sold out by, by shifting online. They're using barn to door. We, we're, our team's actually working seven days a week right now, just on deliberately so that we can get farmers on as fast as possible mm-hmm. so that they're not skipping a beat in moving their product, which oftentimes is perishable. And so we're able to get farmers up typically in about 48 hours. And actually we have do it yourself videos so they can even get themselves up online right away. And so that's what we're doing to try to support these farmers. And the shocking, amazing, wonderful thing is as long as they have a list of emails from existing customers that they can send a link to. Once their store is live, they send them a link. And I'm not kidding. These farmers are selling out. They're coming back with, I just had the best day of sales of our life the day we opened our online store. The the buyers are loving it. They're loving the online. They're loving the grab-and-go pickups, the direct delivery to their home. And so, like I said, we had farmers that had come to us trying to do shipping. And it's just, it's very expensive for individual farmers to do it. I know there's a lot of big companies out there that aggregate farm food and do a lot of shipping for farmers. It's a very expensive business model, actually. And mm-hmm. so it's even, it, it, and that's true of farmers t- today, too. If, if you're trying to do all the packaging and, you know, things weigh a lot, weigh a lot. And if it's perishable, sometimes it goes bad. So then you have this waste cost. So it's, it's more expensive than people realize. And, and yet, if people want to try it, we support that. We're integrated, we're integrated with a great shipping system, Shippo, which, you know, again, farmers just have to log in and use the, use the thing. They don't need separate accounts, but they can try it and do it. And sometimes with, um, with shelf stable items, it's very simple. But what we're finding is door-to-door is just like the cat's meow. People expect it. That's what they want. That's that's why they order from Amazon. It's the doorstep. It's mm-hmm. not how it gets there. And so in these local communities, we, we've talked to so many farmers who are, you know, 45 minutes or an hour outside of a metropolitan of some kind. And there's just a massive amount of people who want great food and are willing to buy it if it lands on their doorstep. And so these farmers have turned that model on and are just, I, I think some of them shocked and delighted at how quickly they're selling out to those customers. And then the words are getting around very quickly because everybody's at home online mm-hmm. um, <laughs> sharing with their neighbors about the food they just got from their farmer. And, you know, fortunately we just make that even easier for them to share and tag their friends. And so it's amazing that we have this opportunity in the middle of a crisis that we have an opportunity for local food, quite frankly, to make this massive surge and comeback because now, you know, again, one in three Americans, you probably already know this, Terrence, but one in three Americans last month shopped and bought groceries online. Wow. And I would rather they buy from the farmer. Absolutely. And so, you know, as, as much as we can make that shift, you know, where people are really looking for quality food um, and they're buying online, like let's get as many farmers on there in front of those people with their brands connecting and building that loyalty and those buying habits. And, you know, it's, there's just a lot of power there to be had. You know, you, you mentioned um, one of the things we talked about in that Moses talk, and I'll, I'll just circle back and then I love to talk more about the coronavirus. One of the things we focused on was if you do all the things in terms of how people buy today, you're going to have sales, you're going to increase your orders. But if you do the things that we used to do, which is rely just on word of mouth or only a checkbook, or you have to call me to find out what I have, Mm -hmm. or, you know, or there, you know, there's not an easy way to get the food or see what I, you know, if you do all the things that used to work, you're actually starting to really reduce the amount of people that are going to even buy from you. Yeah, because... And so that... There aren't that many people that operate in that system anymore, or at least there's less people to operate in that system anymore. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's the exciting thing is farmers are experiencing that really quickly out of the gate now, thanks to the coronaviruses. They're getting online. They're, they're often offering a local pickup grab and go option, which is people are purchasing ahead of time. We had one farmer, I think you said you're meeting later this week, row by row farm. 
mm-hmm. who or, or maybe in a couple of weeks, who um, they added, they had a farmer market that was either still open or about to close, or they were using that as the, the meetup site. And what they did is they put everything online and 80% of, they had 80% of it pre-sold before they even showed up at the pickup location, which was the farmer market that was still oh, open. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> that's fantastic. So they loved it too. <laughs> right. And so what you're realizing is like, so that that's a great um, example of a grab and go situation for coronavirus, which is let the people buy it and then offer, you know, they can drive by and you can either hand them the boxes they drive through or you can, you know, have a pickup location or some people are doing it on their farm. Again, we we recommend from a convenient buyer standpoint, trying to have at least one drop site or meetup even in a parking lot in the middle of town somewhere where people can drive by and you can either hand them the box or they can, you can label boxes and sort of spread them out where people can swing through and pick them up that that's working very well. Um, if you're going to do a meetup or pickup, um, that the other thing that we're seeing, uh, again, I, the two other things that we're seeing be really effective during the coronavirus is the door to door delivery. Like I said, um, people, farmers are, are focused on, you know, they're sending out to all of their email list, which we like the way Barnes and Doors platform works is you can suck in all your emails. And then basically you're, you have a customer list where you're tracking people. You can see their order history. Um, you can make notes on them. You can group them for like group or bulk emails or group or bulk order reminders. So it just makes it super simple for you to sort of track and then grow that customer list. And, and what's happening is, is they're doing that. They're sending out things to these people and everybody's buying everything up. They're like literally selling out. I've, we, we have farmers who are now, now starting to pre-sell chickens that they're just buying the chicks just because, you know, people want the good stuff, <laughs> which is wonderful, which is just wonderful. And they're determined to support the farmers um, because people out there today, they're very aware that the farmer's markets are closing, right? Mm-hmm. And that's devastating. And yet, and they have a passion. And even if they aren't the ones that are attending farmer's markets, you know, it's bringing an awareness to farmers that need to sell food. And so the people, uh, the, the buyers out there are really, really responding. It's very, very powerful. One of the things I'd like to shift a little bit to discuss here is from you've got a great position in the e-commerce food arena to see what trends are moving forward, backward and potential future speculation, especially since it sounds like you're able to kind of track some of the stuff that you see through the platform. Mm -hmm. Would you mind sharing a little bit about what trends you see kind of right now and going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think you, you know, and again, we did touch on that in that um, in that talk uh, at the Moses conference. But trends, trends are door to door delivery. To be fair, um, and again, we highly recommend if you open that up, which is working so well for farmers. It's not going away. The convenience factor. Customers are driven by convenience, 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 and door to door is convenient. And so, whether and that doesn't need to be drop ship if you're near a city that direct delivery works beautifully. And if you hire a high school student or have a a niece or nephew willing to drive, um, they can be paid on an hourly basis. And you'll actually, in many cases, if you charge even $5 per delivery or $10 per delivery, you'll even make money there. Buyers today have no problem spending money on, they'll spend $10 at the drop of a hat for delivery or $5 for, for delivery because they love the convenience and, and people are like, they, all day long will pay for that. And I, I think I get microgreens delivered um, about once a month automatically to my house because I have a subscription and they charge $1.50 delivery. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's less, that's, that's less than a latte. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> right. So it's like, so cut, you know, if it's $1.50 delivery, great. That helps. I know that the farmer's doing that because it helps because it's their time and money to do the delivery. I'm more than happy to pay for that. And interestingly, and credit cards, online digital payments that are saved inside of buyer's accounts where they can just click and buy the next time um, is is 100% uh, critical if you want to meet the new buyer where they're at and all the trends. We do have, interestingly enough, we do, farmers have the option on our site, and you'll probably get a kick out of this, Terrence, where they can actually turn on the ability for their buyers to gift um, help covering the processing fees. Oh, <laughs> so wow. I, I, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fun little thing. And, you know, people love their farmers and want to contribute. So whenever I buy from a farmer, I check the box. It adds 3% to my 
to my purchase that helps offset the costs of, you know, 2.9% and $0.30 for that credit card Mm -hmm. fee. And it's not like exactly to the penny every single time, but it's pretty much, you know, covers it the majority of the time for those farmers. So I'll just add on 3%. It covers their, it pretty much covers their credit card fee. Um, And so, you know, that's just another way that I can thank the farmer for all that they're doing for me and giving me this food that's way better than what I'm buying at any big box grocer. Um, and, and, And honestly, for me, that's a vote for a food system that I want to see in the future. That's awesome. I love that option because really what it does also is it it rewards the farmer for using something that makes your life easier. And that's fantastic because yeah. again, I personally just I so I grew up doing farmers markets. I I love and adore them, but again, I'm so happy to see farmers transitioning yeah. more towards a more modern commerce system mm-hmm. and more modern just a more modern way to appeal to customers. And I think it's fantastic. I love what you guys are doing with Barn to Door. Thank you. Janelle, where can people, thank you so much for being on the show today. Where can people go to learn more about you and your work? Yeah, I, I appreciate that. So I, and I would say, you know, the interesting thing that you just said about the farmer market is, I don't want to be limited just to buy from that farmer four, four times a week if I'm in the mood to go, right? I want to be able to buy from them 24-7 online whenever and have subscriptions and have it on my doorstep. And I want to buy even more from that farmer. And technology is that opportunity, um, which I think is really, really exciting. And, you know, the other thing, I, I'm going to tuck this in if, if you don't mind, which no, is absolutely. one other really one other really big trend that we're seeing, um, which is really critical, because uh, we often talk about, you know, price, convenience, um, brand, uh, different things like that, that, and, and quality. And these farmers all have quality and they can all charge the prices that they, you know, a little bit of a premium all day long because their food is so much better. And so in our company, we often focus on brand and convenience because convenience is what's going to drive all those sales, um, and that online capability. But what farmers have that the big box grocers will never have is brand. And that's what we get so excited about is helping them promote that and engage their customers with their farm and delight them with the food and the product and everything else. And we, we liken it a lot. And this is a trend. This is huge. So microbreweries are a great mm-hmm. example. In that talk, if people download that talk from Moses, they're going to see this thing about microbreweries where I talk about, has anybody heard about, you know, Aslan Brewery in, you know, in Washington State? And nobody raised their hand, right? Because this, this, the conference was in, um, you know, in, in the Midwest. And nobody did. I'm like, that's fine. Because guess what? They're like selling out. They have loyal following. People are subscribing to them. They're sharing with them on Facebook. They charge a premium. It's a it's a micro local brand with massive loyalty, um, and they're wildly successful. And that's what I want the farmers of tomorrow to be: is wildly successful brands in their given communities, where everybody recognizes and buys from them and talks about them all the time. And that's that's the trend. So all of the buyers today want to be loyal. They don't want to be loyal to big box grocery. They want to be loyal to this microbrewery and that farmer, right? I mean, there's a huge opportunity from a, from a brand loyalty standpoint, and that's why their brand and their story and the ability to connect with them online socially and buy from them regularly and share about it is so critical is because they have an opportunity to, be, to become what today's microbreweries are, we're going to have local farmers become that in the future. And, and, and today's buyer is all about that. I think that's a fantastic point. In fact, so I follow a Lebanese economist named Nassim Taleb. And watching his Twitter feed is just always so entertaining for me. But he, in the midst of corona, he had made a couple of comments that basically local, local will be the thing that we see come out of this. Local mm-hmm. is oh. the local... Because just the way that, I mean, even just look at how we're responding in the midst of this crisis. I have yeah. had more of my friends, I, I recently moved last year from Wisconsin to Iowa. I've mm-hmm, had more mm-hmm. people that I've been acquaintances reach out to me here in Iowa. I've had more of my friends in Wisconsin reach out to me and try doing like video things since all this happened because we're just all of a sudden realizing again how important those connections and community is. Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think we'll see the same exact thing with our food. And we're already seeing that with our food. And I think it's only going to accelerate under this stress. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I think that's a really powerful, powerful statement. And I, and to your point, I think in that same vein, I asked people if they knew the microbreweries from Wisconsin and almost the whole room raised their <laughs> hand. 
right? Because they were like, oh yeah, that's, that's my beer. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's my farmer. Um, and, and that, that I think, I think we have to your point such because people are getting more tuned into what matters, um, again, um, in terms of local community and their food, um, and farmers, I think we have a huge opportunity and everybody's now shopping online. We've seen it, you know, with the farmers that are, you know, we're seeing a 20x increase in spend, you know, across our platform, just, well, more than that, actually. But the farmers that are coming on are selling out, um, and they're just, it, it's its so exciting for us to see the adoption, um, not only from the farmers, but, the, you know, all of their buyers are jumping in with two feet um, right out of the gate. It's its just really an exciting time. Um, and and if, if local food comes out of this a winner, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Absolutely. Janelle, thank you again so much. This has been a delightful conversation. Where can people go to learn more about Barn to Door and your work? I would say um, out of the gate, just barntodoor.com. Um, that's with a two. <laughs> that's B-A-R-N number two, door.com. Um, if you want to check it, I think you said if, if you do that backslash Moses, they are going to find um, that presentation we were talking about. If they subscribe to our blog, they can see a lot of the great examples of people doing grab-and-go, door-to-door delivery, how they shifted uh, very quickly away from farmer's markets or, or wholesale channels to to their online um, customers um, and how that's working for them and what they've done there. So some really good stories with a lot of tactics in them that I think will help a lot of people today. We do also have a coronavirus resource page. If you go to our website, you literally there's a button that just says coronavirus resources. They can click on that as well. Um, and then there's actually even a video on our site. If a farmer's like, I don't know, I, I don't want to talk to a person. I just want to click see a video. There's also a video on how it, ha- how it has worked with a lot of farmers. So there's a lot on there for people just to, to look at it. We also have people here, like I said, around the clock, happy to get on a phone call with any farmer anywhere to answer questions um, just to see if it would work for them. Um, and then we, like I said, once people sign up, they have dedicated, they have a dedicated account manager to help them get set up as quickly as possible. And then just to give them coaching along the way. Um, and then we also have chat that we, that uh, you, you probably don't realize this, but like when farmers get their stores up, we actually can man the chat on their store even so that if their buyers are coming on for the first time and have a quick question, our support team actually answers that for their buyers. Again, all, all, all just to support that farmer and their sales um, and, and help them get in front of all those amazing buyers out there who just generally want to buy from them. Thank you again so much. We'll have all of that and more linked in the show notes. Thanks, Terrence. It was such a pleasure today. I really appreciate it. Thank you all that you're doing um, to help those farmers out there. Big thanks to Janelle for joining us on the show today. It was a fascinating and instructive episode, especially for the times we find ourselves in at the moment as of recording. You can learn more about Barn to Door by going to their website, barntodoor.com. And if you want to listen to that Moses discussion that Janelle referenced throughout the show, you can go to barntodoor.com forward slash Moses. This will all, of course, be linked in the show notes also. I hope you found this conversation as enjoyable and fascinating as I did. Thanks again for listening. If you're new to the show, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and more. While you are there, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps out the show and helps us grow the audience. Tips on how to do this can be found at intellectualagrarian.com forward slash review. This has been Terrence Leahy and the Intellectual Agrarian Podcast reminding you to keep farming the dream.